Welcome to a world where mysteries still exist. Come into the room. I'm sure you've noticed the bookshelves filled with books. Some are old favorites, and some are unusual and mysterious. I'm sure you've noticed the polished wood, the leather furniture, the plush rugs. You've undoubtedly noticed the smell of smoke, of tobacco, and leather. Pull up a chair next to the fireplace. Pour yourself a drink. I have a fully stocked bar with all of your favorites. Sit down and let's chat a while in the all-new study. If anything is inevitable, it's change. It's the only constant that we truly have, that things will never always remain the same. King Whitney Jr. stated, To the fearful, change is threatening. It means that things may get worse. To the hopeful, it's encouraging. It means things may get better. And to the confident, it's inspiring, because the challenge exists to make things better. And that's how I view change, is the opportunity to make things better. It's been eight years since I last did a podcast. So much has changed since that time. A perfect example is that now people actually listen to podcasts. That didn't happen so much eight years ago, and that's a lot of why I quit doing it. Listenership was small, and it's a lot of work to produce a podcast. I did enjoy doing it, and I did it for a while, 13 episodes. But people have asked me to bring the podcast back, and I feel like now is the right time to do it. So, welcome back to the study. I hope it's something you want to listen to, and I hope that I get good feedback from you guys, telling me what you like and what you don't like, and what you would like to hear more of. Well, with that said, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in my life, and let's jump into the world of bizarre. So, it did occur to me that Those of you listening to this podcast might not know much about me, so I figured I would give you a brief background in who I am. My name is Paul Prater, and I am a performer. I often focus on bizarre magic, doing seances, ghost shows, things of that nature, but I also do corporate work as well. Now, if you want to learn more about me, you can go on my website, paulprater.com, and there's more than enough information there with pictures and about section, and you can learn all about me there, so there's no need for me to go on on the podcast. But for those of you who do know me, or even those that don't, you might find it interesting to know what's changed in the past eight years, and there's quite a lot. Since I did my last podcast, I've gotten a divorce. I've lived in three different houses now, though I've been in the one I'm in for a good five years. I've had two new jobs, uh, both of which I ended up leaving for performing full-time. I've had two different girlfriends. One of them is a fiancé. We broke up, and the other one now I feel like is a really good fit. And she's actually performing with me as well. Since that time, eight years ago, I've done a ton more shows. I've done a regular weekly show. I've done lectures all over the U.S. and, in fact, the world. I was lucky enough to get to go to Europe for a month, lecture over there. So a whole lot 
has changed quite a bit. So why don't we just dive into the idea of change and talk about that and how that can be used in our bizarre magic. One of the things that I want to do on the podcast is just give you something to think about. Think about how you can approach your bizarre magic using maybe some of the props you already have or in ways you haven't necessarily thought about. And when you think about change, change itself is an integral part of any type of magic. There are things where a card changes into another card or a coin changes into something else. So I just want to give you a couple of ideas in how I use change in bizarre magic. One of the things that I do that I truly enjoy is giving ghost tours. I do those during the Halloween season, and on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I do an event that I call Booze and Brews, and that's where we go in different bars and I perform. Uh, I'm still telling the ghost stories along the way, but then we stop in one of the haunted locations, and there I do some psychic work, and essentially it's just bizarre mentalism. Then we tell some more stories as we walk down the street, and when we get to our next bar, we do seance work. It's a mini seance, about 20 minutes long. During that, one of the things that I use is a change box. I'm sure you're all undoubtedly familiar with change boxes, but the way I use it is with a tarot card. I ask a spectator to mix the cards face down and allow their intuition to lead them to a specific card. They drop that card face down into the box, which then they hold on to the rest of the time. At the end of the seance, I do reveal that we would like the spirits to leave us now We want to be left in peace. We wish them no harm. And I ask the spectator to open the box. Now, before they reach in, they're looking at the card there. And I say, the most positive of all of the cards, assuming we've left on a good note and the spirits are happy with us, it would be the sun. That's the most positive of all of the cards. They pick up that card. And of course, it is indeed the sun. Now, it also helps that it's a tie-in and kind of a callback because earlier in the evening I've performed cuss cards that came out from Alchemy Moon and one of the cards that selected is a card with the sun on it. So it's a callback to that earlier and the change box that we use itself also has a sun on it. So for the people who are more skeptical, perhaps it's just psychological suggestion, perhaps it's just coincidence, or maybe it is really a sign that the spirits are there. Now, another of the things that I do when I perform is school shows. Believe it or not, I do bizarre school shows. Thanks to my friend Chad Cruz for that suggestion. And when I do these school shows, one of the parts that I talk about is the Civil War in Arkansas. And I have an actual Civil War bullet. I think that that's a really powerful thing when you get to call a kid up and they get to hold a piece of history. I tell them, imagine that some person in the 1800s, dropped that bullet down into a gun. They used a ramrod to hit that bullet home, and then they took aim and fired. Perhaps that bullet actually hit someone. Perhaps that bullet killed someone. It was dug out of a Civil War battlefield, so it is indeed a real Civil War bullet, so all of those things could actually happen. Now, I have the kid feel that, to feel how heavy it is, to feel the weight of that lead in his hand. And then I do a simple bobo switch and change it for a human tooth. I tell him to hold his hand open again and to close his hand. Now I'm holding my hands over his hand so any weight of the bullet would be negated because I'm helping support his hand. 
But then I tell him to imagine that bullet getting lighter and lighter. And when we go through just a, a brief little bit of play where he's really imagining it getting lighter, and then as I let go of his hands, he confirms that it is indeed lighter. And then I tell him to open his hand, and he sees the tooth. So you almost get a one-two punch there where they did feel that bullet getting lighter, and then it's as if it transformed from a bullet into a tooth in his own hand. So those are just two ways that I use change within my shows. I wanted to give you something to think about there, and maybe you can do the same in yours. I would love to hear back from you guys on how you use change and your bizarre magic. You can email me at paul at paulprater.com and let me know. And maybe I'll highlight some of that on a future show. I would love to do that. Admittedly, some of the other things I like to do on the podcast are introduce you to maybe some music, some bands, some movies, literature, something like that that you might not be familiar with. Now, if you know me, if you've ever met me, you probably know I'm a huge fan of a band called Ghost. They were originally Ghost BC because there was some copyright issues with the name Ghost, but now they own it. They're just Ghost. Now, they're a Swedish heavy metal band, but I want to use the word heavy metal in a very um, light way. I wouldn't really call them metal. I would call them hard rock at best. Now, some of their earlier stuff is a little heavy. Um, as they went on, they've gotten more commercial. Now, I felt like Ghost is by far one of the best bands to use on an episode of a podcast that's about change. With every album, Ghost has a new lead singer. Now, the funny thing about this is it's not really a new lead singer. It's the same singer in different costumes and different masks. He's always worn costumes and masks. But the ironic thing about it is while the lead singer, quote, changes, unquote, every album, the only thing that really changes every album is pretty much his band. Ghost is really the work of one man, and he hires different musicians to come and play on different albums and on different tours. Now, the thing about Ghost that I think is phenomenal is their imagery, their the way they look, their costuming. It's top-notch. Their stage sets are great. Their videos, really good. Now, I'm going to put some links to videos, too, so that you can go and check them out on YouTube. But in particular, I would invite you to look at the video for Cerise, which is an absolutely tongue-in-cheek take on Carrie by Stephen King. And then they also have uh, Dance Macabre, and I love that video. It's so... 80s over the top cheesy horror just greatness i just love it love it love it now i want to provide something for you guys too instead of just talk i've been lucky enough to see ghosts several times in concert and actually even met them in person and i want to provide you a clip from one of their concerts that i went to this was in memphis tennessee and it is their final song now, I do want to warn you, at the beginning, there is a lot of uh, talk by the singer, and it is not child-appropriate, so if you have children in the car listening with you, now would probably be a good time to go ahead and, and turn this off. The clip is rather long. It's about 12 and a half minutes, so if that's more than you want to listen to, feel free to just skip forward in the podcast. But I want you to get a feel for the entertainment value of a band that's really horror-based, but they have a whole lot of fun. So check it out and let me know what you think.
Sean's really, really, really need me to make this count now.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Not only are we going to have music, books, movies, that kind of thing, but also from time to time we'll have interviews with people in the bizarre magic world. This month we've got one from Vlad. If you're not familiar with Vlad, you really ought to look him up and learn a little bit about him. Aside from being an imposing and excellent character actor as a vampire, Vlad's also one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I consider him a very close and dear friend, and in fact, I'll put up a picture of us at the Alamo. It looks like it was taken in 1973, but in fact, it was taken just this past summer when it was about, oh, 95 degrees outside, and you will see Vlad is not dressed appropriately for the weather. But then again, I guess vampires can weather anything, pun intended. Anyway, without any further ado, let's jump into an interview with a very interesting person. Take it away, Vlad. But I'm sitting here with Vlad, and Vlad, I want to ask you a few questions, just kind of uh, tell our audience a little bit about you. How did you come into the world of Bizarre Magic? I came into Bizarre Magic through, I I was working at a haunted attraction up in uh, Wappingers Falls, New York, and I was doing special effects makeup, and then branched out into doing faux finishings on the rooms, trying to make marble and things like that. And then we started doing illusions in the rooms, 50-50 illusions, Pepper's Ghosts. And uh, the gentleman that owned the haunted house had previously been a magician himself and was friends with Jeff McBride and Rudy Colby. And he said, well, you're sort of doing magic in here anyway. You might think about being a magician. And I said, well, what do you mean being a magician? I said, I thought you sort of had to be born into the family of magic or you know, passed on by mentor. And he goes, no, no, you go to meetings. I'm like, so, so there's no bringing you out to the sacred grove by candlelight? And he goes, no, they bring you to meetings. <laughs> right. So that's why, and then I started to try and bring haunted feelings of the haunted attraction and the horror film experience into blending with magic. All right, and then one of the things that's distinct about you and your performance style a lot of bizarrists talk about character but a lot of them really aren't dedicated i feel to a character how did you develop your character and why did you develop the character and tell everybody what your character is in case they're not familiar with you my character is my persona is vlad he's a vampire most comfortable in the victorian era of course he's been around since 1431 but his favorite time was during the Victoria era because of, you know, Jack the Ripper and all the other chummy people that were during that time. Um, I felt sort of that uh, if you wanted to talk about different things in Bizarre Magic, you should have some connection to them. And as a vampire, you would have experienced all of these things through history. And uh, you'd have a personal, like, touch to them because you lived through the times you're talking about. You might have been at them and uh, would give you more of an insight into them. All right, and what appealed to you about a vampire character? Why did you choose that? I've always been interested in horror and the gothic imagery, so I wanted to take the eerie, melancholy things from the gothic times and literature, Stoker and Mary Shelley and uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Dorian Gray and all that other great literature, and I felt that the archetype of the vampire was the most able to be able to build a persona that would grow with me. I didn't have to worry about whether I was too old or too young to be that persona. It could grow with me and it would also allow me uh, different times to be able to pick and choose different things that would fit. The, it also does sort of box me in on certain things because they don't fit within the vampire mythos. 
So those items are not something that I would perform because they don't. It's not something in some cases that I would just even care about. So. But it sounds like that in a way, while it's limiting, it also helps you figure out what's appropriate for you because you know only certain things can fit. Do you find that to be true? I do. I find it's it's sort of clarifying. It's sort of like you look at something and you know immediately. No, it's not for me. Now it's not saying it's not a good product. And it's great for other people. It just doesn't fit into what I want to present. Yeah, when things are wide open, sometimes it's more difficult to figure things out than mm -hmm. when you're limited and have specific thing. This is what it has to be. We've run into that with like shows when somebody goes, you go, well, what are you looking for? And they go, well, whatever you want to do. Just take, no, no, no. What are you looking for? What, you know, bring me into the ballpark. What would you like to see? Well, you know. Right. So how important do you think it is for people to have a character? I think it's very important because it's knowing yourself. It's knowing how you want to be perceived. I mean, we've all run into people at some of the magic clubs that sort of think that they're David Copperfield and uh, still want to wear the powdered blue, like nylon tuxedo, but <laughs> polyester, not nylon, but. Right. Um, and it's sort of this way, if you know who you are, you know how you should interact with people and you will automatically as you write your own personal bio you'll know how that character will react in almost any circumstance if somebody asks you a question you can almost automatically answer as the persona and it frees you up instead of having to try and create a script on the fly you you just automatically know what's going to happen because you're answering as that person one of the things that's different in your performance, too, that I'd like you to speak to a little bit is the use of silence on stage. Well, I, you know, that's one of the things, thankfully, that David Parr mentioned when we did the works in progress in a mystery school. And he goes, I love the fact that you're not afraid of silence. Because there's certain things like sort of like there's a, a body sort of motion or a, just sort of a off-the-cuff look that you don't need to say sometimes. And sometimes just the sort of like, raised eyebrow stare when you look at somebody says more than an entire sentence. So I like to try and do those things because it sort of, it, it relays at that point in time as an aristocratic vampire, sometimes I'm like, you know, it's not even worth saying anything back to you. It's just sort of. Right, and if you haven't seen Vlad perform, he uses that silence and, and imposing stature to trans, trans I gotta edit this out, make myself a little more clear to um, show what you want to show. I don't know. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna say. I need to record it since I'm recording it now. What's the word I'm trying to say? Use your your your, your presence on stage to get the point across that mm -hmm. you want to get across without saying words. There we go. All right, I committed <clears> that right. <throat> it sort of ends up being, and that was, that was probably one of the things I learned from haunted houses and doing <clears throat> Renaissance fairs, is that you would economy of motion and economy of words that in haunted houses sometimes you know so many noises and things like that and a look or just sort of pressing personal space will get more of a reaction than what you say because especially in the United States people are very aware of their own personal space so if I sort of bring someone up on stage and move closer than they would like most of the time they'll try and inch away. And sometimes I'll, I'll edge them to the edge of the stage. And I'll just keep pressing that boundary until eventually 
Now there's no chance that you can sort of mess with my act because you are so uncomfortable, you just will do whatever I ask you to do to get out of there. You know, it's like I try and sort of subtle mind games. <laughs> it's almost like using the skills of a vampire in real life. <laughs> Impose your will upon them and they will do as you say. Dominate. <laughs> right, right. So if people want to learn more about you and what you've done, what, what should they look at? Where should they go? How can they, can they learn more about you? They can either find me on Facebook at the Gothic Magic of Vlad or you can go to gothicmagic.com. All right, I appreciate your time. Thanks for taking a few minutes out and talking to me. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks. Well, that wraps up the podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed it. In the future, I probably won't have 12-minute long tracks of bands playing unless you guys tell me that you really enjoyed it, in which case, who knows, there might be more. I sure have recorded plenty of material. In the future, I plan on having some contests for some free giveaways. I also plan on telling you about some exciting things coming up. One of those I'm going to give a little teaser for right now is that in April, Paul Knopfsinger and I will be doing a tour. On the next podcast, I'll tell you a little bit more about that, and I'll tell you about some new products that I'm offering. But for this first podcast, I didn't want to do any advertising, so to speak. If you guys enjoyed it, let me know. If you want to hear something in particular or want a particular discussion topic, please let me know. I would love to address whatever you guys want to hear. That helps make it easier for me as well. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. Write to me at paul at paulprater.com, and we will see each other next month in the study. <laughs>